Snuggly Dragon Podcast. Here we go. We're live for the Snuggly Dragon Podcast, baby. Um, my name's Max Fisk. I'm an artist and a lover and a thinker and a doer. Um, I got my two of my closest best buds in the whole world. We got John Boy Miller over here. We got Matthew the Young Heart Attack Cuman Quitzall. Um, and we're just going to kind of freestyle this evening. Um, it's the pilot episode. What do you guys think? Let's go. I'm a little nervous. A little nervous, yeah. A little nervous. My first podcast experience. Um, but I think I'm ready to go. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Should be cool. Thanks for having us out. You're very welcome. Thanks for being so smart and wonderful. Also in the room, we got Mason Trayon mixing the levels. Uh, shout out to Mason. He really sponsored most of this equipment, actually. is provided for free by our boy over there. Um, also, shout out Pro guy, Sound. Pro Sound New Orleans. They really helped me like troubleshoot all the stuff. Uh, we also got Kay in the room. Uh, she's not mic'd, but she's here for emotional support. And she's beautiful. And she's a babe. She's my girlfriend. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. What was the last fight you got in? The last fight I got in, I'm trying to think. Well, I go to wrestling practice a lot, but that doesn't really count. That counts. Although I did. <laughs> so some kid, I guess, I don't know, this was like his kind of strategy, but he, he was like throwing really hard clubs. And so he, like, threw a super hard, like, because you can hand fight in wrestling. So he, like, hits me on the back of the head, and I, like, sunk my tooth in to my fucking lip. And I got really pissed. And this kid's, like, 17 years old, but I just, what do you do when, when someone hits you really hard and, and you, you start bleeding in your mouth? You kind of, like, right, yeah. impulse. So I just, like, beat the shit up. I'm sorry. I don't even know his name. I think his name's maybe Nathan or something. Um, Shout out to Nathan. Shout out Nathan. Dude, I'm sorry for, for beating your ass, but you deserve it. We'll bring him in next week. <laughs> yeah, ask him how he's doing. God, I'm sweating. Yeah, I wouldn't really say I'm much of a fighter either. Um, I've had a lot of close calls, but that also had a lot to do with me just getting drunk and stupid in college. Um, <laughs> in fact, it was almost a goal sometimes to just see who it could piss off. Um, I remember that stuff. And Yeah, I, I, was a, I was a little bit of a shit talker. Um, <laughs> and so yeah so I've, I've had some close calls with no actual you know real physical altercations besides I guess when I played thing. when I played rugby in high school we would there was always some drawing some pushing um, just because that's just kind of the nature of the, the game is that you're you're angry at your opponent just because it's very Dudes physical are so competitive yeah yeah so that would get pretty heated but I, I never threw any punches or anything um I almost kind of feel like I need to get in a fight. Hmm. I feel like I learned a lot about myself. <laughs> I, um, that's a good point. But I also don't think I'd be very good at it. But um, you so, learn a lot more from your failures than your successes. Unless you end true. up with uh, six titanium plates in your face. Yeah. Twelve that, screws. That's kind of what I'm worried about. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, another thing is... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much I learned from that. I mean, I've, yeah, I guess I was in a fight and I got, I didn't break my jaw. A bunch of other dudes broke my jaw, but yeah, I was wired shut. That's an important was, distinction. Was, yeah, I was like, oh, you broke your jaw? No, I didn't break my jaw. Like, why would I fucking break my jaw? Anyway, um, yeah, there can be a lot of hospital repercussions. That's that's the, the lame part. I wish, 
and I always said this. I wish they they would put an octagon in um, in the in the neutrograph Tigerland. None of this like gangbang stuff. Yeah, none of this like because dude, when my jaw was broken, it was like it was like six dudes, just me and Birch, and like I was like I had some. He like he like parked too close to somebody's truck. We were like walking home. I had a babe. We were walking home, and we like go um, into the Mellow Mushroom parking lot, and like uh, he was Birch was like thirty yards in front of me, and. All of a sudden, like these dudes are yelling. I just run in there, and then boom! Like, and we were in a giant melee fight. Like, that's that's the only exposition that was. And so I like have some dude on the ground. I'm like I said, I'm a wrestler, so I like to like. I'm used to one on one. You know, it's a ground fights. game. It's you're, a ground game. Strictly ground game. Don't go to the ground in a melee. Lesson learned. Because I like had some dude on the ground. I was like whipping his ass or whatever. And uh, <laughs> did you get it? No. Sorry. <laughs> Um, just beating some dude's ass and there's just two dudes standing behind me just wailing on the back of my head like I remember just grab, getting rabbit punched just getting smacked in the jaw apparently because my wisdom teeth were in uh, it made my jaw weaker mm-hmm. and much more easily breakable because it's not not an easily the mandible is not easily broken so um, yeah that's not that's not the kind of fight you want to get in where you learn stuff about yourself but I do I do think I think it's like one good hit to the face um, I like getting in the face. We'll punch you in the face later tonight. Yeah, if you really want us to. Yeah. Shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to play people at once. I like what you said about uh, having an octagon in cool. Tigerland. And I don't know, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but on our trip to Thailand, do you recall the kickboxing ring that they had in the middle of the yeah. half moon party? Yeah. And uh, they would let, in the middle of the professionals fighting, they would take a break in between the professional bouts and they would let just oh, drunk, yeah. they would just let drunk people from the crowd put on the gloves and fight each other. I remember that one guy that was like, it, like when the pros were going, he was like in the corner, like, let me in, let me in. No. Oh, there was this <laughs> drunk asshole, exactly what you would want to see. I don't remember if they let him in or not. I wish I. Let's just say that he got let so in. So they let and him got in and he got smoked. No. <laughs> so I think, I've, I don't know if it was. Uh, a Snapchat that I saw or something like that of it may have even been like a Pelicans game or maybe a hockey game where the halftime show was actually like like six year old kids just sparring in the middle of the arena on like a mat I love it um, and I think it's hysterical but at the same time it's, <laughs> it's like, like, like what, what are you like what are you teaching like, <laughs> like for the entertainment of tens of thousands you're really gonna have these kids just kicking each other's ass and like of course they're wearing you know like all like the right equipment and pads but uh just like god that's it's like kind of like reverting back to like gladiator times you know like people just just being entertained i mean obviously like the mma is like that too i mean but i think that's you know more like people train for that yeah but like you know you're you're seeing two kids who have you know six months of karate practice on their belts and like (laughs) just have them kick each other's ass in front of like a bunch of adults like drunk adults like tens of thousands of them yeah yeah i think that's uh i think it's i thought that was funny but also, like, kind of fucked up. Yeah, it is. But more funny. It's, I mean, everything's funny when it's little, like, when, when it's small. That's yeah. Funny. But, like, yeah. I heard an interesting viewpoint about, like, how fighting. So, like, fighting's, like, can be viewed in a positive light. It's, like, you're providing resistance towards someone else so that they can become stronger. So, I think, like, Aubrey Marcus or somebody said that. Um, but that was really cool. So, I think there's still, like, a lot of value to martial arts and teaching kids and stuff oh I mean, definitely definitely. I don't think it's like 100% exploitative um, 
Just well, yeah, I, I, think, out in the- I think kids should take those classes, one for self, just protection, and um, one because it actually is an art, and you learn a lot about yourself, and you know, you're know you kind of developing a skill, which I think is always good. But yeah, I was just thrown, more thrown back by the the fact that they were doing it during a basketball game. Um, yeah, what better way? People like violence. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of a better way to train your body than in martial arts where you're learning how to defend yourself with your own body parts. Yeah. You know, like you're not relying on a gun yeah. or a knife. And I'm just like the, the, the control that it takes to be able to like do those movements is just it's really badass. Surely. Yeah. I wish I had more of a background in martial arts just for you know, those times when you're walking yeah. somewhere in New Orleans yeah. late at night and you're with your girlfriend. And you wish that you could be more confident in defending yourself and your girlfriend if something were to turn sour, if someone were to approach you. And that's a real fear I've had in the past. You know, somebody's walking towards you. It's late at night. Uh, Maybe they've got a hood pulled over their head. And you just, you don't know their intentions. And you hope, you're left just hoping, wow, I wish they, you know. Don't mean to fucking beat the shit out of them. (laughs) (laughs) If you needed to, right? Definitely, definitely, man. Yeah. We needed to, like, learn Krav Maga and stuff. Something, cause like, dude, my brother, my dad were like, it's just like real intense about it. Like, my dad's rule was, if you're gonna point a gun at somebody, you have to be prepared to shoot them three times. Yeah. And kill. Them. <laughs> it's right. just like, yeah. police I mean, officers shoot. True. Kill. It's like mm-hmm. you kind of got to, cause like, I mean, if your life and those that you love are on the line, I guess I'm just, I don't know, I'm I'm this kind of weird hybrid between. I, I don't want to like cause physical harm. I would rather incapacitate. That's why I yeah. like kind of jujitsu and stuff. Krav Maga, nuts. Just what the Israeli army invented. Just mm-hmm. instant, how can I either completely incapacitate or kill you? And that's a good thing to know. Definitely. Surely. Yeah. If taught alongside discipline where you don't. Yeah, just use like it. use it on something at the bar. Right. Like, Which is. Point, like, yeah. like a guy who like <laughs> knocked your drink out of your hand at JL. <laughs> just like fucking split his fucking. Or kicks your drink off of the top of the bar. I just like I, don't know, I like kung fu because but this thing and I, they have not sweet because it does any, not because it does any harm but because <laughs> it looks so cool because it's so fun to like do yeah that's more of like like a, a dance almost boom 100% so how do you feel about concealed carry weapons people just having pistols like, on their hip do I think that should be legal yeah. do I, or do I not um it's a good question I haven't really thought about that I guess, yeah. I guess that's that's cool, right? I mean, if 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 it's taught with guys like not under him, like you said, if it's taught alongside a discipline and stuff. I mean, but then again, it's like, what if if everyone in downtown New Orleans has a gun on them? You know what I mean? It's like they do. They do so, mm-hmm. um, the right to bear arms was that the Third Amendment? Second? Second? No. Mm-hmm. Really? That's our second does. amendment for our country. Mm-hmm. Wow. That doesn't that I'm surprised it wasn't included in the original draft. <laughs> or like <laughs> as part of the first amendment. But damn, that's wild. Um, mm-hmm. I so I read an like article recently that objectively showed that you're more likely to be in a violent gun encounter uh, or to be shot. Right? <laughs> if you have a gun. Yeah, right. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let me uh, rephrase that. <laughs> You're more likely to be shot 
if you're carrying a gun. If you carry a gun. Because if you pull out a gun on someone, if I had a gun in my hand, I would have a lot of trouble shooting someone. But if I pointed a gun at someone and they had a gun too, yeah. like they'd probably shoot me first. Maybe. I think is the, is the idea behind it. Right? And it's like a magnet. More, more likely to get in a gunfight if, if you, you have, have, a gun. have a gun. Yeah. Very interesting. What do you think? Do you think it should... I guess perhaps more rigorous process. My understanding right now is that it's what like a four hour course, and you just pay like a couple Over the hundred counter. bucks yeah. on the weekend, and you just For there's a background check, but I uh, just just think you can't be a felon, right? Yeah, or like have a history of yeah. violent uh, of a you can't have a violent past. But the other thing is like I that's see on record. That's on yeah. record. Yeah, I see exactly. all the people who are very very pro guns. Um, you know like. Their argument is that most of the people who carry around guns, it's illegal anyway. You know, they're not, they don't, they don't have their license. Right. And if somebody's going to commit a crime with a gun, then like they really don't give a shit about being licensed to carry one. Right. Right. You know. And so I understand both sides. How come? You and, it, and that's why it's one of the most. You know, it, it's so, so split. Yeah. It's so split. How do you just get? Why do so many people have guns if it's illegal? Oh, so, like, I mean, st- stealing them. Um, Gun shows isn't that a yeah. big way that people get them? Yeah, and I mean, I mean, like you could you could walk into academy and buy a pistol. I'm pretty sure without having your concealed carry license. Um, well, that seems kind of you just you just can't carry it on your person yeah. legally. Oh, uh, but you can have. It but if it's house. in your car, I mean, yeah. you know, it's like. And in Louisiana, you can have it in your car too, right? Because it's like an extension of your house. Property. Mm, Unless it's on government property. Cool. <laughs> Thank you for your wisdom, Kai. Yeah, Kai knows a lot about gun control because she has. She's from her parents have a lot of guns. <laughs> yeah, I know, and this is a very controversial topic for rural Louisiana, especially. Snuggly Dragon Podcast. Cute what's your favorite thing in the world? My favorite thing in the world. <laughs> oh, and he had time to think about. it. I had a little time to think about it. <laughs> so my favorite activity in the world currently. <laughs> Is definitely fishing. Fishing on a kayak. Fishing. Fishing. Okay, we gotta go because I just don't get fishing. And so I was actually thinking about this in the car because I had a feeling it was gonna come up. <laughs> um, yes, but um, so so fishing. So I'm, I'm kind of gonna rip some of this description of just like being outdoors and uh, okay the hunt for awesome. hunting and fishing from Chris Pratt because he had a really good explanation mm. um, in an interview that he did. So basically, you you spend days and weeks and years. I mean, you're learning something every time you go. So you're spending days and weeks and years preparing for a trip. You know, I guess uh, a trip more in the short term. But like, you know, you're you're constantly learning these new skills. So, um, you know, the week before we go anywhere to fish, it's okay. Tides, um, weather. What are the variables that are going to help me? T- oh, tides. Be the most be the most successful. Mm-hmm. Um, is this going to be a good day? Uh, it's like moon phases. It's barometric pressure. There's so many different things that go into. You don't think about barometric pressure <laughs> when you're going fishing. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Because because it has to do with with the feeding patterns of the fish. It's it's all studies. Um, <laughs> it's all science. It's it's all. Yeah. Trust me, I know. <laughs> um, anyway, and so I read it. And, and, so, and so and so it, the bottom line is, you know, you spend a lot of time preparing to to. To go out and fight a battle with animals that you have no idea whether or not they're even going to be around or 
are hungry or whatever. You know, like you just have no idea what's going to happen. Doesn't seem like much of a battle. So you're preparing. Well, you're preparing for uh, for what's going to happen. You're basically trying to carry out a plan. And then on another note, you know, you get out there super early in the morning. You drive out in the boat. It's still dark. Um, it's almost something like kind of yeah. You rich, have to wake up at like yeah, like three thirty a.m. It's almost like something like uh, ritualistic about it. Where you know you you get out there and you're you're in the boat and everything's really really quiet and you kind of watch the marsh, uh, the bait fish, the birds, everything kind of come to life all at once as the sun's rising. Uh, I mean you know it's like you can paint a picture. Everything's it's just like so a pretty. Disney, a Disney scene. It's such a cool it's such a cool feeling. And then to see your plan, you know, the anticipation, the the reading of the tides, reading of the weather to pick that certain day, carried out by catching. A lot of fish. I think it's just one of the most satisfying feelings um, that I can have. Plus, just the rush of you know, it's just you against nature, you know. And, and obviously, you have the. I just feel like it's so, such an unfair fight. It's like if if you go out three times and don't catch anything, then you don't then you won't feel like it's an unfair fight because <laughs> like sometimes you just go and you just don't catch shit, and that's miserable. But like that's what keeps you back coming back because it's like okay, like I feel like if you caught a hundred fish every time. You wouldn't have as much fun as well. If I just you mean that caught, actual... caught a hundred fish. I mean, dude. So, so the actual none, process so, of catching the fish. So, none, so none of so none of the lures and bait that I use. I guess none of the bait that I use. It, we never we don't use live bait because we use artificial lures. So literally, it's a fake minnow that you're moving yourself and and giving it action to lure these fish into biting. And so, um, so I, know, I, I feel like I feel like it is a little bit of an advantage. I don't think it's unfair because I mean you're literally tricking these fish. It's so, but that that's why I think it's unfair. It's like you're a fish, you're swimming around, you see this shiny little thing, you bite it, and then you get murked. It's like that's not very fair. It's like maybe if you dove in with a f- and you had to like battle the fish somehow. I don't know. That's that's what I would be more interested in myself. I understand. I think hunting is the same way. Like you're chilling like a hundred yards away and you just blast its brains out. Like that's kind of bullshit. I understand. But you gotta feed them the whole year to trick them into showing up. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, so, that, so that's, that's my favorite thing to do uh, right now. And plus, you know, so like I'll go a lot after work and stuff like that. And just kind of, you're, you're staring at a computer screen and you're having to talk to people the whole day, and, which I like doing, but it's really nice to go somewhere where everything's just quiet. You're you like seeing, staring you're at seeing, computer screens? You're seeing the apps. no blanking, just like. Um, you're, I'm looking at a computer screen a lot during the day yeah. and drawing in AutoCAD and stuff like that. And so that's, it's nice to go out and then just look outside. I think nature see, is just see things. the best fucking thing it's in the great. whole world. It is. So it yeah, is. I can see you just kind of like bobbing up and down. I, I, I get the like peacefulness. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably sure. super wonderful. Sure. I don't know. How, like how long do you stay out there for though? I just feel like. Uh, we usually stay till like. You know, one or two o'clock, and we'll get out there at five, five or six. So it's oh, a good, it's a good little little stretch, and you know, it also depends on how we're doing. But, Do you really like to eat fish? Oh my god, absolutely. Hmm. Do you? I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fish guy. You haven't eaten right. <laughs> that's another. I cool also thing. That's another cool food. thing. So, so if you have a really good fish, well, then you have meals for months. True. You know, and a lot of times, like we don't even. We only eat a portion of the fish that we catch, and the rest we give away. 
um, which is cool too because people get so fired up to get fresh fish. <laughs> yeah, like I brought fish to your mom, and she was like, "Just oh my god, thank you so yeah, yeah, fired up." Well, John was saying it's huge if you give people food. That's like kind of the best fucking thing you can give them. It's the key to someone's heart. It's just such a yeah, such a nice gesture, and uh, yeah, I agree. Very valid. Definitely. And so it's, it's a good opportunity to do that as well. If you see people on the side of the road, I can super get down with them, giving them food. I think that's like the best. Giving them money, I don't know. Who knows where it's going? But food is like, that's got to be a great feeling. Food and a smile. Smiles are free. Yeah. Give them a granola bar. Nobody can be mad about that. You can only help them out. And you smile at them and you'd be surprised. If you, um, Do they smile back? Go on, yeah, almost every single time. Oh. And you could argue language. maybe it's just because they want to be friendly and you know, they think if they smile back, you're more likely to give them food. But no, I think it's, what you, you just call tell. it, the universal language? Universal language. Yeah. It's actually on a poster of my dentist's office. And it's a picture of uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> and she's smiling. It's like from like the 80s. She's it says, not. smile, the universal language. So, I heard that it takes much more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Is that true? I've read this same quote in Glittery Font on Facebook, but it's yeah, like, it's like it's likely Homer. true. <laughs> <laughs> it's likely true. Yeah. I should say. I think a lot of people mistake a neutral face for like a frown, like a mean mug as well, too. The resting bitch oh. face? Yeah. Yeah, it's not sad, but it's still face. Yeah. It's a shame because that's like where we should be, I think. Like in school, they teach us a lot about just like you want to be in a neutral state so that way if you want to like play a character as an actor or something, you can then put it on the thing. But if like, I don't know. Although George Clooney always has like a, like a little... Like, Shit eating grin. Yeah, just like I don't like that name, but yeah, kinda. He can get away. Smirk. He can get away with it. So no, I'll tell you, I adopted this. I didn't come up with this idea about giving uh, every homeless person that you drive by a smile, uh, which is a lot of people because I go to school downtown, right? So you see really the same ones too on the way to school. But uh, this was a post. This comes from a post. Uh, on Reddit, where it was a previously homeless guy that didn't ask me anything in the AMA. And somebody said, you know, if you're uncomfortable giving a homeless person money, what's the best thing you can give them? Like, is it socks? You know, is it a warm blanket? Yeah, exactly. And you know, the previously homeless person answered, just a smile. Just acknowledge them, wave at them, smile at them, nod your head. Treat them like a human because you have no idea what it feels like to stand on the corner of a road every day and have everyone avoid eye contact with you. Oh, God, I do that every time. It's dehumanizing. Yeah, but there's this one guy who's been in the same spot for like two years. So now I don't even want to – I don't want to like sponsor him in any way because I feel like he's just going to keep standing there and he's never going to grow. He's never going to become a better person. He he works the same shift and he's always there. How do you feel about that? I mean, like, of course you should smile. You should smile at everybody. Well, I guess the way I see it, like, and well, I think that that's a really cool point, like a good idea to get a smile and everything. But like, that guy was previously homeless. Like, that means he's not homeless anymore. (laughs) So it's easy for him to say, please smile at at all the homeless people. But like, I really don't think someone who is like really needs money or food or drugs is 
that concerned with, and I'm sure it is dehumanizing for people to avoid eye contact all day, but like, I'm just smile, come on, if you're really homeless. I don't yeah. know. My, my experiences with this are trying to hitchhike in Norway. And, you know, I previously, the summer before I went to Norway, I was in Iceland, and people were very friendly. I just put up your thumb, you get picked up within 10 minutes almost every time. But whenever I showed up to Norway with zero plans, zero friends, I was there by myself, I walked out of the airport and walked out to the nearest street and just put my thumb up. And I stood there for four hours, and I could probably count on one hand how many people even looked at me. How many people and passed you? you? Oh, hundreds. <gasps> it's coming out of an airport. Yeah. Norway's biggest airport. It's sort of like, it's next sort of to people Oslo. traveling. Yeah, Everybody Oslo. is picked up there is traveling. So it's like, yeah. you so think that it would be a lot exactly. less than four. But seriously, on one hand. <laughs> what if they just drove, we were driving by a speed pass, we were just looking at you like smiling at you as they freaking zip by like felt, that, you wouldn't want that. It would have felt better, I promise. Because <laughs> no. some people would look at me with like a sympathetic I'd rather like that. grin and but they they would like kind of gesture to their kids in the back seat. Like, you know, like, oh, I have little kids with me or my car is full. But the people that would just purposely avoid eye contact, no, it feels like shit. And keep in mind, a place in Norway is the crime rate is substantially lower, right? Like, sure. like, like hitchhiking is a normal thing there. Yeah. Like in the United States, it's like, you know, nobody picks up a hitchhiker because we have movies about guys that <laughs> kill people with axes from their hitchhiking bag. You know, it's like... Yeah. Um, so you have the fact that you had to wait four hours just for that, even in Norway. It's like, yeah, that's, and so, uh, you, know. you know, it's funny you should say that because I actually was under the same impression. Like, oh, everyone hitchhikes in Norway. But, it, you know, then you come home and do a little research to find out why I wasn't getting picked up. And it turns out even though it's a Scandinavian country and, you know, it's, yeah, you I had like considered somewhere would be somewhat close to or uh, assumed it would be close to Iceland it's very different no one hitchhikes in Norway and really? I think that's because it's modernized and people are it's all very dicks in Norway right all what dicks <laughs> they uh <laughs> they are hardened people let's say hardened by the winter Fisk is Norwegian so I can talk shit about people from Norway right yeah uh, sure Race. you were right that's uh that word is everywhere over there so I think uh I think it has a lot to do with it being a heavily populated area, and so you lose that sense of community, and everyone's out there for themselves. You know, like Oslo, Norway was just like New York City. I mean, it was yeah. it was just like a huge urban so metropolitan area. Off and yeah, bunched together. Yeah, so it's. Uh, I think they're less likely to feel a sense of responsibility when they see someone in need. Just because uh, you see so many strangers on a daily basis, you're a little desensitized to to seeing someone that you don't know that may be in need. And Norway has a big homeless problem, and you don't find any of these things I'm talking about in Iceland. So that's why I think they were very different. So how do you feel about my guy who just has been standing on the same corner for two years? What's and I I, I mean I have this kind of like internal dilemma every single time I pass. Because, like, I do th- I'll do the thing where I, like, pull up a little bit past him so he doesn't, like, sure. come look at my window. Right. How do I – because every once in a while I want to roll down the window. I get mad. When I first see him, I get mad. I say, oh, my God, you're still here. Like, what are you doing? And then I say, okay, Beef, like, chill out. How can I help? And then I look for food, and if I ever have food, I'll give it to him. But how do we, like, get him off of that? Like, because aren't there people who's, like – that's like their their job quote unquote is like they'll just travel around from different cities different cities just kind of like leeching off of everything they can find 
but this guy's been there for two years. What is he? How do we? How do we fix that? How do, how do I? What can I do to make him? Interesting question. I don't have the answer. I, don't think I know that some people so used to the homeless life and yeah. choose to be that way. There are a lot of shelters that they can go to, but sometimes they don't. Or there's a student-run homeless clinic at the medical school that a lot of students work at, and they'll say that you know they offer these services to people or try and direct them to the shelter, but uh, they don't want to go there for one reason or another. Sometimes it's dangerous. They get their shit stolen. Um, it's not like you know a homeless shelter is not just some utopian society where all the homeless people go to get along and <laughs> share food. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's honestly, yeah, a lot of people are like one addicted to drugs too. Yeah. And that's another big thing. You're, you, you can't use drugs. You can't drink alcohol yeah. when you're in those shelters. And especially the long-term ones, they test you. And you can get kicked out. And many of these people have substance abuse problems. Think about, like, I, th- I don't know where I heard this, but, like, in Boston. Think about winters in Boston. Like, you can't be homeless. You, you, you will freeze to death. So, like, half of the police officers are out running around just, like, trying to find homeless people and getting them to mm-hmm. shelter. I don't know where I heard that, but. I thought that they left, right? Don't they, like, migrate with the seasons? No, I'm serious. I don't mean to compare them to birds. No, I mean, if you were homeless and yeah, you grew up in Boston and just became too cold to move. sleep at night, yeah. you would just... Fly south <laughs> No, no, you'd, I suppose, gather enough money for a Greyhound ticket or hitchhike. Yeah. yeah. I would... I would. Or just it, steal a bike. Homeless guy tried to steal my bike once. <laughs> oh my god! So I'm in the. Have I told you this? I was in Chase Bank. It was when we were going to LSU, and um, I'm like at the counter. <laughs> I was doing philanthropy work too. I was for Lambda Chi. I was the watermelon bust. I was I was like settling account nonsense, like depositing funds that we had like fundraised. Um, and the girl at the counter, she like looks back. She like looks over my shoulder. And she's like. Somebody's stealing your bike. And I turn around, and sure enough, there's a smelly old homeless guy stealing my bike. So I, first I hesitated because it's like, I don't know, not, this wasn't in the manual, you know, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> so I, I walk out and I go, hey! And the dude goes, oh, man, you scared the shit out of me. And he was, he was like slowly like walking away, like, like yelling at me for, for scaring him. As I think he like even was biking away. I don't know. He, he was like somehow just leaving. He was like yelling at me, like, and I felt kind of bad because he was so upset. But I was like, God, you smelly old hobo. So you got to keep your bike. I got. He broke my lock because it was one of those shitty locks. And he was like plucking with it, and he like snapped it off. <laughs> you scared the shit. And I just out roared at him, and that was that. This reminds me of uh, one of those stories that got passed around the fraternity. Uh, I don't want to say his name, but it was an older guy. And he had graduated by the time we got there, but he's one of those guys that everybody keeps talking about once they're gone. Legend. Yeah. And they said that, you know, the meter maids would come to the fraternity parking lot behind the house. (laughs) (laughs) And those were steep tickets, you know? They'd be like $100 tickets. And they said that, so you'll remember, even in our day and age at the fraternity house, people would come running throughout the house, like upstairs, banging on the doors, like meter yeah, maids out yeah. there. Oh, so everyone would go move their cars. Right. Well, this happened, right? Years ago, this person was running around upstairs, banging on doors, meter maid. And this said person walks outside, probably without a shirt or shoes on, and just stood on the back porch and said, 
and just pointed at the meter maid and said, no. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently the meter maid just slowly walked away. Just left their car alone. (laughs) That's what your story reminds me of. Yeah. It's, it's like there's something about getting screamed at. Yeah, it's terrifying. My dad, when my dad would scream at me, he would hit this kind of like baritone and like my insides would just start melting. <laughs> and he could just crumble me. I don't know. He had this like big singer voice, but like, I mean, yeah, if you just get fucking screamed at, like you start to like, rethink what you're doing. It's just kind of like a natural response. Maybe I shouldn't be stealing this person's bike. Reasonable thought. Maybe not. Ever uh, run into any homeless guys or oh no? Have you ever gotten got robbed or mugged or screamed at? No, that that story the, the, about the the bike stealing reminds me of the YouTube video where it's these guys that that tie a rope to a tree and then tie a rope to the front uh, like a spoke or like front uh, I guess what is it the the fork of, the, uh, of a bicycle. And lean the bike up, up against the tree in a you know in an impoverished area or an area with a lot of homeless people, and the people will steal it, and they'll start rolling away, and it's got about a hundred feet of, of line on it, and it's always downhill. Yeah, and it's always downhill, and so the, the guy gets on the bike and just takes off, and then the, the rope you know loses all of its slack, gets tight, and then the guy just flips over the handlebars, <laughs> and it, you know it, it's it's you know five or six different ones. And every single one of them is just so hilarious, just because it's, it's a burglar, you know, just getting, just getting, getting, yeah, getting just justice, just immediate justice, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then, you know, like, hit their nuts on the handlebar, and they have to, like, run away, you know, it's like, there's some pain, uh, and I just think it's one of the funniest things I've... Do you ever wonder if those are real? I think, I think they're real, because I don't think the, the, Anyone the falls, get the falls are, like, you know, like, you see, like, a jackass fall. And it's super overdramatic. These are like clearly like not choreographed falls. They're like painful, like like feet slip off of the handlebars and like nuts go straight into like the the freaking you know our feet slip off the pedals and like nuts go straight into the handlebar. Yeah. Kind of. Is it of just collisions. one camera setup? That's how you can tell. It's a hidden camera. And, well, it, 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 it's like different spots. It's like and they're stationary. Yes. Yes. I'd have to see it. But it may be worth a watch because this? it's uh, it is very very funny. I've seen the um, friggin' um, yeah, I'll look it over now. I've seen the the milk jug smashing. That's that's what that makes me think of. No, yeah, that's, that's, that's just I hate those kids. I hate those that's, kids. That's the, that's bless the, those kids. Yeah, the first time I ever saw that, I think is the most I've ever laughed by myself. <laughs> I was in just in my bed watching that. Like what do I search on Facebook? Uh, I guess just look up like. Bike thieves or something bike like that. Thief prank. <laughs> oh god! Don't read the title. Almost ten million views. Why don't read the title? Because because we just gotta dance around. Jumbo, you wanna watch this? Yes. All right, it's three and a half minutes. So just watch the first one. Yeah, yeah. You just need to see one or two to, to get the idea. They're all kind of the same, but. It's like, it's like very That's dramatic. The demonstration? Yeah. yeah. yeah How like, did he fuck? That guy actually knew it was coming. So this, I'm tempted to say this is like, looks pretty real. Oh, God. Yeah. 
right, so he's on the bike. He's going. Oh God! Downhill. Oh, and so you see, like that's that's. If it was fake, they would. I feel like they would have made it way more like staged. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that looks pretty real. Oh God! All right. And he's like trying to shake it off. You got you got to watch. Wait a couple more. Oh bless me! <laughs> he's just lying up here. And then this guy comes up and just like shits, shits on him. Like, hey, dude. Hey, you fucking dick. <laughs> like, why are you still alive? Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, like, yeah, like, I got this new bike. And it's like a nice looking bike. Oh, no. Oh! Yeah. So. Okay. So now this guy's got the blurredness on his face. So I think that means they got him, then they went up to him and said, hey, we have you on camera. You want to sign this release and be on yeah, TV? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll either put you on TV or we'll call the cops. <laughs> Do you... Or we'll put you on YouTube or we'll call the cops. <laughs> I didn't think Do you want that. me to put a video left. online of you stealing a bike? Check yes or no? That's I'm thinking I'd always check no. Well, the other two say You say give you 100 bucks. Yes. He's got 10 Ooh. million views. So I, I so that means he got I don't know how much you get ten thousand dollars if you get a million hits on YouTube I'm pretty sure ten thousand I don't think it's ten thousand for every million hits I just you know what? we can look it up it's 2016 but I'm pretty sure once you hit um, a million views I could put up a YouTube you video tomorrow that had a million hits I'll just put like a, would you put up? a big breasted woman in like the thumbnail. And then there'd be like a million 12 year olds that Oh, it's that. definitely. That's how most of these get yeah, over a million videos anyway. Woman, right now. So I follow a couple of, uh, like, there's a. There's now like, you only get like a couple hundred thousand. A million views is a lot. Oh my God, you can see this girl's titty. All right, anyway. No, it needs to be more artful and I think hilarious. So, so I do know for a fact that there's like a group of guys who uh, like, like fish around the United States that I follow. And I'll just watch them every now and then when I'm just, you, you know, about to go to bed. Yeah, yeah. Where do you... On YouTube. Oh, oh. <laughs> I thought you meant like you... Like, oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't walk behind them and watch. <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm like, I subscribe to them or whatever. And um, gotcha. they, they're like college kids and that's their... They all like quit college. And like that's their job mm-hmm. is to fly around and, uh, and just fish and, you know, GoPro themselves fishing. And, you know, they have awesome videos. They fish with like pro fishermen and stuff, so... Uh, it's a pretty sweet you can make a living out of it if you if you're interesting enough. Is the bottom line. A thousand like dollars. A good one. Sorry, a thousand dollars per million views. Okay, really? Wow, it's a lot of money still. What about like what about as far as like subscribers go? I because th- you have like a certain number of well, I think the that- more subscribers you have, just the more views you'll get because if you upload something, they get a notification and they'll look at it. Yeah. Um, so it's good to build subscribers, but I don't know if that like changes. So I suppose that's your portion of the advertisement fees. It's like your royalties. It says they're making money off of you. This is just random. Yeah, like a million people seeing something. So you get an advertisement. Thing. That's. Did you know that there's one guy who gets hired to cheer at professional sports games? So that's his job. What do you mean? He just like hypes the crowd up, and like, let's just say like the New Orleans Pelicans would hire him to come sit in the stands and just like coerce nearby fans to cheer. Is he like um, 
how like sergeants are on airplanes like he's hidden like he's not he doesn't really yeah I mean he's not gonna go tell them that he's hired but he'll wear all the fan gear and just get everyone psyched up get get people psyched up I mean they have people running around on the floor with like flags yeah but I suppose this dude is just that good just low key just hype up that's pretty awesome yeah I'm a hype man professional the pelican man so he's never been hired by the pelicans because i was recently reading the list of teams but there's like seven or eight teams that have him on contract this is is one guy i thought you meant there's a position in like sports teams that they'll like hire people and put them in the crowds but this is an expert one guy wow just a shameless like yeah everyone like our team's gonna win like way to go i guess he starts chance wow it's not so different from those silly YouTube videos you see where it's like obviously the staged kissing with like the drink pour. Have you seen those? Oh, it'll be like a yeah. kiss cam. Uh, the kiss the cam, whole yeah. thing's obviously yeah. staged or like they'll allow the mascot to go up in the stands and like actually hurt someone. And I've never seen these. You've never seen these? I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the kiss cam ones. I've never seen the mascot hurting anybody. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. The kiss cam ones, they're just... Well, it's like super elaborately. Well, it'll be like it'll be like you know like uh, like the guy's texting, and like the girl goes to kiss him and he like ignores her and then she like turns to her left and like kisses the guy on her left instead. <laughs> You're right, shit like that exactly. Um, That's fun. Yeah, you know just to, and then, you know, of course the, the crowd probably goes wild. You know that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Well, there's something like. Like kind of what we were talking about with the bike thing. It's like if you think it's real, it makes it so much more like. <clears throat> videos and stuff there's that there's that thing where it's like oh shit you know so certainly yeah but there's so much like bullshit like reality tv like the real world that kind of stuff like, it's not, oh yeah it's, it's clearly, not for clearly stage people think it is a so beef tell us a little bit about your schooling you alluded to it earlier. My schooling. So, I'm currently kind of getting my butt kicked. I need to do a fucking, oh my god, giant research paper about how aesthetics have changed from in film music from early silent cinema till modern day with um, virtuosos like Philip Glass or John Williams, perhaps. Wait, excuse me. Early silent cinema? Early silent cinema. Movies so, without audio? Uh, well, audio is is like an electrical signal that is... Okay, without speaking, I should say. So, are you familiar with silent cinema? No. Like when movies were first invented, there was no sound attached to them. Um, it was like... They just weren't technologically able to do that yet, so that's why you see, like, they would have people go like, bah, 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 and then there would be title cards saying what they have. So, because there's no sound, <laughs> there's obviously, like, it's just kind of lame, you don't know watch, there's no sound thing, so they would play music to it that's like where film scores came from so I have to kind of like this freaking dude who's like not even my professor I have to read all these like textbooks and all these journal articles and like compile hypotheses about how aesthetics have changed from from the early silent cinema till now that's something I'm not super excited about there's another paper I gotta do well let me ask you aesthetics meaning like the natural beauty of a woman that's on film Aesthetics is like artistic style, I believe. Okay. I can we can look it up right now, but aesthetics like yeah, like how did they do it? What were their intentions? Why did they put these instruments in okay. this place? Why did the melody go up here? I mean you could do so much. Okay. I, I was thinking So you're talking about strictly about music aesthetics as opposed to Yes. Because like you know, like you watch like a nineteen twenties or you know, nineteen hundreds 
early 1900 movie with no sound it's like people dancing you know like I feel like you know that's just kind of how you know like people counted so, well first of all everybody was amazed because nobody fucking saw moving pictures before that <laughs> people were so like it was automatically cool pictures. no matter like you know like we look back like that's that movie sucked <laughs> <laughs> but like you know people had never seen anything on a screen moving before so that was probably awesome the first movies so like, were like people walking out of a factory yeah and people kind of like, like lost their minds um the first, so this is like a famous thing. The first time um, there was like a guy who did, so you know how you can do an angle. Normally everything was plays, right? Because the stage has been around. John right. But with a camera, it's cool. You, you don't have to sit in this kind of wide shot. You can like move around. So the first guy to put a camera by the train tracks, he put it like right next to the train tracks. And so apparently the story goes, is like the camera, the train's like coming at the camera. And it was coming at people, and they all freaked out and like jumped around, yeah, and like yeah. ran away because they, you know, like you're saying, people right. had never experienced yeah. it before. Um, but continue. I don't really remember where I was going with it. Oh, uh, but <laughs> we'll think that yeah. you have to accomplish a whole lot with your music because I mean, think yeah. of a movie now. Yeah. People can. You, say I feel like, I feel like I, yeah, I feel like people now can get away with, I guess, a lot less. I don't know, dramatic scores, maybe. I, I, I mean, I like obviously like, the best movies have really good scores, mm-hmm. but like you know, like they have the luxury of being able to make explosions, you know, sound and, design, yeah, and, you can and all that stuff. I mean, dialogue is the most and dialogue, yeah, obviously important. dialogue. So like, dude, you can do so um, much with. I, I'm very interested in musical scoring, but like, this is just such bullshit. After write this paper, it's like I'm just pretty butthurt about it. Too academic. It's just so for my comprehensive exams, I have I have three I have three people on my thesis committee. There's three faculty members. Each of them had to give me a essay question for my comprehensive exams. One of them is a guy who's not even in the department. We have to take someone who's not in the department. He he asked me this huge question, like the question I just said: How aesthetics have changed in film scoring from the early silent cinema to modern day? Incredibly that specific. Is, it's hugely general, I would say. It, oh, it, wow. It, it's it's like you could do pages and pages and pages of paper just on one film score. I have to do over a hundred year, <laughs> like a hundred years span yeah. of how film scores have fucking changed. Sure. Well, I think, so, so I guess I'm assuming you're going to break it down into like maybe decades. Because, I mean, you couldn't... When I you couldn't started... Possibly, <laughs> you couldn't possibly like, you know... Good idea, Q. Well, you're going to gonna have, to, you're gonna have to think of like various, you know... You're gonna have to call it specific examples. As far as I don't know how long the paper's gonna be, but like, obviously you can't go over every movie. You know, he gave me specific movies from like to highlight. Yeah, and then well, kind of he gave me a whole bunch it. of stuff to read. So it's it's just I have to read a whole bunch of stuff that like I totally shouldn't have because no one else in my program has to answer this question. I'm not getting a degree in musical scoring, getting a degree in film production. You can make the argument. You're just the valedictorian of your class. I'm just buttered. But anyway, um, what is exciting about my school, though, is my thesis film. I just got a great draft for the courtroom comedy that we're developing. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Can I see it? Yeah, you can read it. It's um, it's pretty raw. We're on draft four. Um, I won't say too much because I, 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 I'm on my third writer now. We went from one writer to another writer to another writer. The second writer is still kind of on helping out. Um, but this third guy, I'm really excited about it. Um, it should be really wild and really fun. Yes. We got like scuba divers on the witness stand and like 
the dudes a centaur and stuff. It, that should be really, really cool. Um, and we're making a commercial for Chubbies coming up. Nice. Got a, our sound guy over there developing the musical score. Who's we, Mace? Yeah. Um, we can listen. Well, not one to it, but, um, but we're going to do like a sweet tango, like dance scene. And I don't want to give too much away, but we've already started choreographing, already started composing. Didn't you reach out to them recently? I did. They said no thanks. They don't deserve you. I was like, I was like, all right, I'll just be like, all right, I can make this for for five thousand dollars. And um, so I told them that, and I, I like hit them with all this enthusiasm, all this like positivity, like oh my god, like got all these people, it's personnel, it's going great. And they they like were kind of like dogging me, and then eventually they were just like, all right, stop contacting us. Like we're not interested in the, at this time. They were very nice about it. They're a really cool company. That's why I like them. Um, so what's their story is it like a college kid that started this they were southern marsh they were dudes that worked in retail and they were just like over all the kind of BS that was going on they just were bored with it so they like started something fun and wacky they're a great company they're just so funny Um, so we're just gonna make it and then offer to them I don't know if we should offer to them a higher price be dicks or offer to them the same price the businessman in me says go higher but I think basically this exercise I just want to make something hilarious and beautiful once a month like with regards to film production so I just want to like create produce make cool stuff so we're going to make it mix it together edit it make it awesome can I bet that Sam Farber will be in this video Um, in some capacity no we got a a much better dancer than Sam Farber Jacob Shane no offense no 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 he is Jake's a girl (laughs) (laughs) wait a wait he did dress up like a girl. Did y'all see that? That was terrible. Mr. Legs composition? That was something. No comment. <laughs> no comment either. No, it's going to be actually the choreographer from the my from the last film I directed from promotion. She like made all the dance moves for that. She's going to be the actress, choreographer. I'm going to be the actor and um, other dancer. We're going to shoot in like a big, beautiful, grand ballroom. And, um, the White Room in Ottawa? Baby. <laughs> you just a, break in again. Quite a trick. Yeah. I mean, no, that didn't happen. Oh wait, yeah, we never, we definitely didn't break into the historic Nottaway plantation and take any part of any of the chandelier <laughs> and make them as earrings for my mom. And then <laughs> I like put the, I put like the little crystal in my bedside table. And Mackenzie, my ex-girlfriend, shouldn't say her name, complete that out later. Um, she like found it. She got so butthurt because she thought it was like some other girl's earrings, and I was like. It's like, no, I stole these from <laughs> this famous plantation for my mom. <laughs> uh, but then it was all a dream, and yeah, it didn't happen, right? Well, is any of this happening? What is what is reality, John? What, who are we? What is life? Good. Now we're, now we're really diving into the good. <laughs> the good nitty-gritty of the podcast this is what it's all about. Infinity. Existence. questions coach beef yeah, I wish I had more answers for you I'll go with that um John Boy what's your favorite thing in the world? or I'll go next give you some time to think about it please my favorite thing in the world hmm <laughs> my favorite thing in the world I think to do activity is I think just like Beautiful, hilarious, athletically choreographed movement. I love dancing. I love exercising. I love 
jumping off of stuff, climbing things, doing flips. Um, and especially if we can like do it to put a smile on somebody's face, then like, come on, that's 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 probably my favorite thing. Promoting laughter through physicality. Boom. Nice. Yeah. Have you thought about that? About that tagline before? Mm-mm. Just concocted well, what was it? What did I say? Beautiful laughter. Promoting laughter through physicality. Hmm. Okay. Right there, right now. I mean, come on, action comedy. Like, if I could be Jackie Chan. Come on. Yeah. Who's cooler than Jackie Chan? Just won an Oscar. I Did saw that, but the Oscar. Or just got a got a uh, nomination. An honorary Oscar. Because the Oscars aren't till I saw yeah. something. Well, about they them. just happened. Well, he fucking deserves one, dude. He's the most talented filmmaker. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's where like, well, like. Jackie Chan's way past his prime. He's definitely not going to make like, an Oscar-winning film. Disagree. <laughs> but he's a beast. Uh, you, know, you think he still has the athletic capacity? Well, he made the Karate Kid remake like two years ago. What was that? Um, he still kicked butt. Was he the dojo? He was Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Dude, Did I, I love the remake. Embarrass myself as the dojo, the actual gym, and... What do you call like the... The dojo is the, the laboratory where they... Right, with, right. with ass... The sensei. Sensei. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. He, uh, dude, he's <laughs> Opposite big. of the grasshopper. Well, dude, he's like so small and so sturdy. Like he's, I mean, he's like broken his feet on like during shooting and stuff. They like made a fake shoe for him to like, it was like a, like a, a stretchy looking shoe that they like covered over his cast because he was in the middle of shooting Rumble in the Bronx. He like jumped off like a blimp onto like a speedboat, shatters <laughs> his foot <laughs> He did, he did all of his own stunts. Yeah. He never had a stunt. He's my hero, That's man. amazing. So, he, yeah, he's a fucking beast. He, and, dude, he's, he's like, acted. He's stunt choreographed. He's, like, directed, produced. Like, he's hugely talented. He, he's deserved an Oscar long ago. Yeah. IMO. His stunt that I remember vividly is, uh, I think it was in Rush Hour 2, one of the Rush Hour movies, where he's in a bank and he Goes runs, through the jumps room. through the bank teller square. Dude. And it's, you know, like, it's, sometimes it's, it's you, like, you, you, like, struggle to fit your wrist and grab the pen <laughs> beneath <laughs> it. He ran yeah, and jumped yeah. feet first. Through. And the, the funny, so, like, one of my, almost, one of my favorite parts of the movie, of all the Rush Hour movies, is, like, at the very end, they go through, like, the deleted, or not the deleted scenes, but, like, the, the Bloop. bloopers. Yeah, and, uh, and they show him, like, going and trying to do that, like, five or six times. Yes, yes. And he was just nailing his knee, like, on this cage. Oh. And like yeah, and like yeah, like, his gets balls, a little yeah, yeah like, gets like a little bit through, and then like yeah, can't like compress his chest enough, and to they like all burst into it. laughter. Yeah, it's hysterical. <laughs> what a great job! Yeah. What a great job! Jack, yeah, Jackie Chan movies are hysterical. Between the the rush hours and then like Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Nights, like I grew up watching those movies. Did you and then, like, see Direct his... TV and like those are the only ones that are on. We'd watch those over and over again. They're fucking hysterical. They're great. He, it's funny. Jackie Chan doesn't think Rush Hour is funny though. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand because he doesn't speak like yeah, US English. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he's, yeah, he's not. And yeah, he's Chinese. He's Chinese guy. So he like he sees it and he doesn't think Rush Hour is funny. I think Chris Tucker <laughs> is fucking hysterical. <laughs> oh god, dude! And like, um, dude, you should see his his like Chinese movie stuff. He's only done like a few movies mm-hmm. in the U.S. He is fucking amazing. Oh, he's my hero. And um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, he attributes like his success to doing those takes, dude. Sometimes he'll do. He, I think he has the. Guinness Book World Records for the most takes done on a shot. It was like 215. Mm. It took him like a couple weeks or something. I'm totally obscuring those numbers, but like, he's got some sort of... Definition of diligence. Yeah. Well, because he, dude, 
look, look at the things he does. He does these like extended fight sequences with a ladder. Like he's opening and closing the ladder, like whipping around. He does things where he like whoosh, hits like pins and like flips them over and like catches them, like stabs a guy. Yeah. Oh man, that's Sh- like Shanghai knew he has like a, a piece of rope tied to a horseshoe. Ugh, and he's like spinning around and like shooting it. At, or, yeah, like yeah. shooting it at like all of his dude his and, attackers and he's beating the shit out of them with it. It's like it's like. 30 feet long yeah. so you have to wrap it around your body have you seen Chang'e no. so he's like, he's like turning and like, like yeah, exactly. it. he's like, like knows where it's gonna come he like wraps around his neck he like wraps around his elbow and so he's like spinning dancing and then he like snaps his neck like this and like shoots out hits a dude in the face like yeah. we gotta look up real like have you ever had like a lanyard with keys and like spun it around your finger <laughs> you're gonna hit yourself like you're gonna hurt yourself <laughs> this is like a 30 foot rope with a fucking horseshoe like, alright it's a minute 13 seconds you gotta watch this joke Snuggly Dragon Podcast. Thanks for listening. I didn't know you were a gamer. Oh, gosh. I was addicted to video games as a child, you might say. So, yeah, I'm trying to... I was just at home, sitting around with family, feeling like I was back in high school, just, like, napping on the couch, waking up, watching a movie. One of the best feelings ever, by the way. Napping on the couch again. (laughs) Like, like waking up from a nap and then just, like, deciding to nap again. (laughs) With no guilt. Only holidays now. Yeah, nothing to do. Only holidays now. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. In the last two years, I couldn't really do that. I always felt like I had to study, and I would. I'd go to, like, the public library during the day and study and then, like, come home and hang out with family. But this was just, like, the first holiday where I really could just revert back to high school John Boy. And uh, so, yeah, I was just getting in touch with childhood pleasures and said, you know what? I'm going to buy a video game console system. Like, there's no reason not to. You know, I feel like kind of embarrassed about it at first. Like, I should feel shameful. Like, I'm too old to play video games. But what's your what's your you bought an actual console? Oh, yeah. What'd you buy? It's in my room. Xbox One. Fucking bless you. What do you you play? And so it came with a game called Battlefield 1, uh-huh. which I don't know much yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> I hear it's dope. Yeah. Yeah, is Mason familiar? Nice. Yeah. I think it's a World War One remake, shooter, shoot 'em up game. I love shooting games. And then uh, in the mail right now is Grand Theft Auto V, oh, oh which God. is just one of the best video game series to come out. You can just do better than coming home. You can just be a criminal. You can just be a criminal. Yes. And, and they let you do whatever no you want. Yeah. Dude. Except having to restart being a criminal again. Right, right. <laughs> it's like... How do you feel... How do you guys feel about Grand Theft Auto? You seem oh, to be... Cool pretty cool about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Pretty... I mean, it's violent. It, anybody... Anybody that... It's like Westworld. Like, anybody that's like, oh, I'm so against it. Whoa. I've never drawn that comparison, but... It, yeah, that's very good. Oh, I just saw the first episode today. I'm not like a beast. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm so just like that's. Well, dude, you go in, you you do a bunch of strippers, and then you go and <laughs> steal a bunch of drugs. Any anybody that is against Grand Theft Auto has never played it for five <laughs> because it is so much fucking fun. I, it's a fantasy world, just like any other video game. Like, yeah. I don't think that it promotes shooting and killing I think it's like you get that out of your system through the video game so you don't do it in real life <laughs> you know like yeah that sounds like I a mean, textbook how? argument but like do, wh- okay well what is it about you that wants to like do that even in an alternate reality why do you want to go kill people and like why like, are people drawn to horror films it just like satisfies this need to like see bad things yeah. or I'm not drawn to horror films <laughs> <laughs> that's true people only likes Disney films but action, but action <laughs> that's films. not true but action films 
people like violence. We talked about it earlier. It's yeah. it's appealing. It's it's, it's pe- like people like conflict. people like what's forbidden. Yeah, look at the news. That's or, true. Or, or, or porn. It's like you're not supposed to. I don't like porn, but you want to. I like porn. I don't like porn because it's not allowed. I like it because when you're a, a kid, woman's body is a beautiful thing. I agree, but when you're 12 years old. When you're 12 years old and you're like... Being dangerous. Looking at the first naked girl on Google. <laughs> Google butts. Ooh, okay, let's tell... You know, the appeal of that is... <laughs> Google butts. <laughs> you know, like the appeal oh, is Google like, butts, I'm right. not allowed to do this. See, And your mom sees your Google history, oh, which is... funny. I wonder if that comes... <laughs> I wonder if that comes as a result of a repressed upbringing in that regard. You, you want to, like, push out. Because, I mean... I'm the same way. I guess I like to like do things I'm not allowed to, like breaking laws and rules. But of course, I, I think know. that the I'm googling butts. This might be a stretch here, but I think that like the hypersexual culture that we have here in America is mostly due to the fact that we try to hide some of those things and we make them so taboo. Yes, sir. I think that they're private parts. Confusion. I think they could just be parts. I think you could remove the private from private parts. You know, like look at Europe. Don't they have? Naked people on TV. Mm-hmm. They have like boobs. Yeah. Naked people on uh, they're, they're more comfortable with, with women's beaches. breasts, is what it is. Yeah. They're more comfortable they with sexuality, I think, as a whole. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, I agree. Apparently, there's all these. I gotta get these butts off my screen. So, like, alcohol is another great, great example for something I think Europe is doing right. How did I used to drink alcohol when I was too young to drink? You I would like carry a pint it. in my pocket yeah. and just like go into some dark corner and chug it. You know, like a half a pint and then put it back in your pocket because you're not supposed to do it. If I was just allowed to like walk around with a beer as a high school kid, do you think I would be chugging $3 pints of whiskey? No, I do not. The drinking age is 14 over there. And like they probably serve you before that. Yeah, that's a good question. I actually don't know. I've never been to. I'm pretty sure. I know. I know. I went on a cruise when I was a freshman in high school and we got dropped off for like a day trip in Cancun and I went to a place called Carlos and Charlie's. I was a strange kid. I ordered a milk at Carlos and Charles because that's what I ordered every fucking time I went to a restaurant. It's my favorite thing to drink. I ordered a milk and the person didn't hear me and they bought and I was I was 13 years old and they bought were me. You tall? No. Okay. So you I, I wasn't like tall until I was like a junior in high school. Um, they bought me one of those like like long skinny you know things just full of beer <laughs> and they put it on my and they put it on the table and walked away and I was like mom like. Like I really wanted milk, and then <laughs> I, swear, I, yeah, I didn't talk about the beer. I was like, "Oh, I really need this milk." Like, and then, and then, and so then they bought me uh, a glass of milk, but it was half and half that they like, put in coffee. It's like I took a sip and spit that out. You know, it's like you're a kid. You're just like Rough hard day. to please. Yeah, so I just drank fucking water out of a bottle. So no beer. You didn't touch the beer. No, I took some sips of a daiquiri. Do you remember how nasty beer used to taste? I don't do you know. used oh, to put dude. crystal Such a light learned. packets in the beer? Really? At Rex's house. That we, is we put so gross. It was not. It was It was very lame. <laughs> and we were like 17, <laughs> maybe 16. But I don't know. I'm a very sensitive palate. I'm a sensitive guy. I hated the taste of beer. I thought it was disgusting. You put up just a little bit of crystal light, make it sweet. Tastes like lemonade. There's a lot of water in beer. Beer is a very learned flavor. I mean, I remember not being able to drink more than two or three beers without having to swallow a whole bunch because it's just coming right back up. It's so filling. It tastes terrible. Like, I used to not care if it was warm or cold. Which which you could argue is 
you know, beer is less flavorful when it's cold. That's why we drink, you know, Coors Light, Miller Light, Bud Light at refrigerator temperatures. You know, like most beers are not meant to be so cold. The better. I don't like As drinking room temperature liquids, regardless. Yeah, of liquid. It's a very American thing, but I agree because we grew up here. It's just I was just talking about this today. What is it about a cold thing that's so much more refreshing than a lukewarm thing? Yeah, I think it's learned because there yeah, are some yeah. countries that just. Oh, I remember going to, I remember going to Brazil and they, they had just like pictures of all different kinds of juices. Boiling water. And the juices were delicious. Yeah. The juices were all delicious. You know, it was like papaya juice and like every like fruit you could think. It was so dank. But like, I was always like, do you have ice cubes? Like, <laughs> I never asked, but like in my mind, I was like, you know, because yeah. everything was just, it was just sitting in a pitcher just on a table. Yeah. Like for like, you know, like our hotel breakfasts and right. stuff like that. Like they, they, nothing was on ice. Um, yeah, I think about it. we love iced water, but then we dread iced baths. So why? Yes, yeah. our showers are super hot. Right. Our baths are hot. Our is it the, takes the, icy cold showers, and there's a whole, there's a bunch of school of thoughts that like that's way better for you. It just like goops out your your endorphins and like kind of like really wakes you up. It's like a shock kind of thing. I like I like hot showers. Although if it's too hot, it's not good for your skin. That's what I learned. Yeah, I think I think it has to do with your pores. Yeah. Well, I certainly up. agree. Do you remember we talked about this on Sunday on our hiking trip? Uh, we talked about ice cold showers, and uh, throughout my whole s- uh, step studying period for six weeks, I only took cold showers. Oh right! And it was just Ugh. so awful, invigorating. You you step out of a shower, it sucks right away. Just probably. like full of energy, exactly. Yeah, but you just have to like control your breathing. Yeah, your heart's racing, but you control that next. And um, wake up and you're like, yeah, exactly. You step out of the shower and you feel like you're on fire in a good way, though. And you're full of energy versus like tiptoeing around and like looking for the towel until you can go like hop into your bed and fall asleep. (laughs) Super true. So I think it depends on when you do it. It's a good thought. I think a cool move is you go your hot shower and you shouldn't do too hot. My dermatologist says it's not good for your skin. You go your nice, comfortable shower, and then what Raga does is he he like will then when he's about to get out, see how cold he can get for as long as he can get, and then you can kind of have the best of both worlds for that. But like, but with your personality or our personalities, you're gonna go as cold as you can for infinity. You know, like I'm not ever gonna be like the shower's too cold. I gotta get out. Oh, dude, I, I'm not that. Good. Well, I don't think it's like a. I don't think it's like every time you test yourself. I think it's like. Just do it. It's like thirty seconds of like yes. cold water, so you can just like wake yourself time. up. Right. And I heard that like you know the warm, water, the warm water opens up your pores, and the cold water shrinks them up. I think is the makes sense. The okay. what I've read, and so I've seen you didn't read pores. that. Yeah, so where did you read that? You heard that, or you? Oh no, maybe I'm, you read on the internet. I'm sorry, I read you don't think Cuboy knows how to read? I just yeah. I don't see him like with his glasses on, like reading scholarly dermatological. No, terms. no, it, it's I'm sure it was something on BuzzFeed or some shit that was like. <laughs> Like seven, shower, seven, seven shower, shower mistakes that people made. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't like anything scholarly by any means, but um, I think it makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean that's what it does for most things. Yeah. So, so I think it is learned. Uh, there's this case of a feral child, and you know there's been several, and you can read about them. They're always very interesting. And one thing that they observed with this feral child, and by the way, what I mean by feral child is they were, you know, like found abandoned in some woods and like, I guess, had forage for food on their own for some period of time and didn't have like the love of a family throughout their formative years. And so like how so they analyzed these people. And I don't remember many specifics, but one that I do remember is that she was not 
at all averse to freezing cold waters. Like they would, you know, I mean, they were, I don't want to say experimenting, but observing, trying to learn from this girl in this well, case. Yeah, what a fascinating case. Right. And so they would give her the option of a hot or a cold bath and she would always get in the cold bath just because that's what she was used that to. Yeah. I mean, come on. Everything is so conditioned, you know, that is, that is wild. Can you imagine, can you imagine like, what is a person like if they're just raised in a little wild box, you know, without all this kind of. Like, what would you be like if... Would you be like a wild animal if, if you were just in the forest? Like, you yeah. wouldn't learn how to speak, obviously. You would have no They need. really struggle with language. That was another example that they cited. Oh. You know, they'd put her in speech therapy and tried to teach her language for, you know, hours on end and to little to no avail. Wow. That's fucked. Yeah. Because I think a lot of, like, your learning of speech and stuff comes from, the, like... The, even like the second you're born or even like before you're born yeah. you're hearing through your mother's womb no. like so, oh absolutely people like play music and stuff like put like headphones to their bellies when they're pregnant and like that's cool play music that. you know because I, I, mean, like, I can see you can still hear it. I mean, that well then, then yeah wow and so like you know even like the second you're born you're hearing like like the, the tones you know not even necessarily the words and understand the words but like the the you know, seriousness and the lightheartedness. And I'm sure you can even like draw comparisons even when you're really, really little, like, and just kind of understand, like, I don't know, maybe not understand anything, but like once you're older, kind of like going back and knowing those mm-hmm. like changes in, in, you know, talking really harshly or talking really softly and the difference and stuff like that. Yeah. And they say like, and it's pretty obvious, like kids who are put in like immersion programs and stuff, like you got to do it when they're young because your brain just, so ready to absorb newness, I guess. Um, but you know how I feel about this. You, yes. How I, do you feel about it? I don't, I don't know. How do you feel about it, Jumbo? So I agree with everything you've said, but I wholeheartedly disagree with the idea that you cannot learn a new language beyond a certain age. I think that uh, is just uh, so ridiculous. People are like, oh, like I really want to learn Spanish, but too old. fuck, should have started earlier. You know, right. too late now. People just give like, you know, your brain has all these wirings when you're young and now <laughs> missed opportunities. Like, Confirmation bias. It's a whole lot like an excuse. True. And I'm guilty, you know. I mean, I've wanted to learn Spanish for almost six years now, but I certainly don't subscribe to the idea that it's too late. I just think I've been lazy. Or maybe not wanted it enough because I haven't done it. The Peace Corps teaches languages in like two weeks. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Awesome. I should check that out. Said it was dope. Can you continue? Somebody took a Cialis and did what? So I I heard a story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is not human. No, this is uh, a previous classmate of mine who, who had some issues and in, in, uh, he was mentioning. He's a like, guy we time, know. Yeah, one time his drug dealer was like, "Yeah, like, like I have Cialis for one." He's like, "Let's take one." He's like, I'm, "Like fixing to take this girl out on a date," and um, and so he takes the girl out on a date and like on the way home he just like takes like half one. He's like, ah, fuck not. You know, I can be there gonna have sex. And um, he was like, dude, when I tell you, like, we had sex, like, 11 times. Like, over the course of the night, like, I, I came 11 times and, like, just kept wanting to go. He was like, it was fucking unreal. He's like, now I know why people do it. And he's like, and I didn't even really have problems. Like, I just did it just because I had it. It just bounced back. Yeah, it just bounced back. and just couldn't, like, 
Whoa. So there's a... Uh, That's what's impressive. Take it easy there, Kai. <laughs> Kai's like, wow, how do you do it? <laughs> so recently, I know Christmas presents. <laughs> no, I, I thought it'd be so funny. I don't know why I haven't done this yet. We got to dose somebody with Viagra. Mm. One night, just at a party. That's what if mean. we gave Chuck Camp... Well, he doesn't need it. Um, what if we gave... <laughs> let's, let's not give him. What if we gave Logan Samuel... <laughs> Dude, and, but here's the best part is like you don't know that you're when you get dosed. So you're just like all of a sudden you're like well, why jamming. So hard? And you're just like looking at every girl and just like losing your cool. I think it would be so funny to watch and just to hear about the next day. So I recently came across... The world record for number of orgasms by a man in one hour. Oh, God. Let's try and guess. 11. Oh, God. No, come on. It's going to be more than that. I don't want to overshoot because I don't want to sound Yeah, it's a world record. It can't, in one hour, you can't orgasm more than once every two or three minutes. I can't. <laughs> two minutes and 34 seconds. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to think just scientifically if I had to just... Like, how could I just... Maybe like once, once every in sixty minutes. I'll give him. I'll give him eighteen. Final answer, Matt. What did I say? Yeah. What did I say? Eleven. You said eleven. Sixteen. You should try out, Max. I I'm really not speaking from personal experience in that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Like, so guess what the females is. Females is way more. Negative three. Because like, they're, they're... Did you say negative three? Yeah. Oh, no. Girls hate orgasm. No, no, but some girls have, like, like extra... Glimpse into beef well, sex I just, life? I just... <laughs> it just never happens, so I just... I feel like they don't like doing it. <laughs> no. Yeah, shut up now. <laughs> you never get a good girlfriend. <laughs> I'm not looking for a girlfriend. Okay. What were you going to say, Cumin? A partner. All right, so... Like there's some girls that have, like, the ones that, like, come, come like, by act, like... They, like, bump into, like, a... Uh, like a fucking tree or something, and they orgasm. Like it's like it's like they have like over Dude, like hypersensitive. There's a lot of there's a lot of this kind of so like I know a girl who has um like some sort of spinal. I don't even know if I should say this. Whatever. She, if she like, hears she's, it, she's gonna know. Yeah, she'll call me. Yeah. But nobody else will. So there's this girl who has like a spinal. She like. I don't want to give too many details because it'll just clue into it. But her spine has been morphed into such a way that it puts pressure on, like, her loins. Kind of like – because, you know, the base of your spine is your pelvis. And so she has just uncontrollable, randomized orgasms throughout the day. And there there was, like – it's gotten better now, she says. But she said there was just, like, months where she couldn't go for, like, two or three hours without – it's like jizzing real quick without any like self manipulation or anything it would just like happen I also heard recently that I recently heard that people can orgasm just with their minds you don't need yeah. any sort of is it called like autogasm yeah <laughs> no has it's anybody a, ever had a wet dream it's oh, called yeah. it's called nowgasm nowgasm yeah nowgasm no I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you can just do it with your mind. Cool, huh? Yeah. What are the implications of that? <sighs> Took a lot of thought. Got to be careful with your thoughts. Yeah. So, uh, no wet dream? Keep Never, had. Never had a wet dream. You know what that means? What? That you he go ejaculates too, frequently. too much? Yeah. No, it means he ejaculates Enough. so much so right. that he, his brain has I, I don't to give him a wet dream. Don't mean to Thank you, Coach Beef. 
That was a high five. <laughs> that was a high five from Kai. Oh, God. <laughs> no, but seriously, <laughs> that's exactly what that means. Proud girlfriend. And so I remember at some point in my early adolescence being like ashamed to touch your penis. And because it's an organized religion. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, sexuality is, is bad. Yeah. And so I had them the most at that period of my life. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, say, like every like fourth night, but it was only for a short period of time because I quickly learned from my mistakes. <laughs> So. <laughs> but you could also <laughs> just Jay Hawkins. But I'll tell you, also, if you go long enough without it, you will pee sperm. Huh. Yeah, I guess just like your reservoir gets overloaded and it's got to have some way to come out. Yeah, I guess your boys are just putting in work down there. Yeah, just juicing out little swimmers. There's so many implications. Not to overuse that word, but just like of I mean, think about a guy who just doesn't ejaculate for like a month. Like think about what that does to your hormones. Like apparently you're just so Braga, bless Braga, he'll be on this podcast one day. Um, he you know loves to do these kind of, loves to do these kind of experiments. So he would he would went for like a long time without doing. It. He said he was so much more focused. He was so much more like like hungry. I mean, ironically, I think his sex drive was higher, but he wasn't. Ejaculating because um, he, he wouldn't like masturbate, um, but he said, "Yeah, he was, he was just like he just felt more manly. He felt like, and I imagine because you have all this testosterone building up inside of you, there's probably like a whole bunch of really good things that could come from that." Sure, I've heard professional sports people More talking about this, and I don't mean I'll sit in the room when they talked about it. But I've, <laughs> I've uh, read about that how you know before serious competitions, they yeah. all abstain from sex or ejaculation, or masturbation. For like nine days is the number that comes to mind. Don't quote me on that. So there's certainly something to it. They used to, um, I heard this from like my teacher in high school, they would like, it used to be a thing where they would house all the football, like the NFL players on the team, like in a hotel the night before, just so they couldn't like sleep with their wives, that kind of stuff. I mean, think about it. Yeah, it just makes you hungrier, more like, I mean, in in contrary wise to after having just done it, you're just like, um, you feel like, (laughs) 20 million bucks so think about the converse yeah probably makes you a little meaner tougher more competitive so there was a there was a show I guess it was on Spike and I don't remember what it was basically like a Mythbusters for like for like guy stuff it was like questions you know it was like are fake boobs more buoyant than real boobs something like that that, <laughs> I do remember that. that was like one of them I oh, forget what the name of the show was oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah I remember, I remember. Um, but one of the ones is like yeah like do you perform better athletically um, if you yeah, abstain from sex or ejaculation for a certain amount of time before like a sporting event. And I think they the myth or whatever was that was that you do, but like when they busted they're like, no, like there's no difference in in performance as far as like sports go. Mansers. Hmm. Um, Mansers It was Mansers, bless you. So now the big question is do we trust Mansers? <laughs> I think no you gotta trust personal experience because some people just are vibing and just kick butt when they're having sex and some people respond differently so the results were that it was like the results were that there was no difference difference. but like how do you how do you judge like performance we would have to look at the the test and stuff but like yeah I I think it's more of a mentality kind of thing yeah I think it could be so don't let me leave any listeners uh 
wondering what the female world record is. Oh, oh, true. Okay. <laughs> to guess this, it's not. I, I think it's harder for a female to orgasm than a man. Forty in general. I would say it'd be less than sixteen. Let's go with fourteen. Cue boy. Forty. So Max, Max Fisk goes 14. Q-Boy goes 40. Well, now I want to say more because now let's, Well, no, no, no. Let's, you know, it's okay. You, you use your personal experience to admit that females are less likely to orgasm. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, think it's, I think it's harder for a girl let to us, orgasm than a guy. I understand by that. Let us consult our resident female, our in-house female. What would your guess be to the world record well, for number of orgasms in one hour? Okay. Come here. Sorry. <laughs> I would say that once you orgasm the first time, you it's a lot win. easier to do it after that. So for someone who's going for the world record, <laughs> they can really make some stuff happen quickly. <laughs> Just one after another. Especially if you start the timing of the first minute like right before the first orgasm. Yeah. And yeah. Then you can, yeah. Right. That's it's like you're banging f- or like. But I was not aware of that phenomenon. I didn't know that either. I, mean, I, I was aware. <laughs> 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 What's yeah, the yeah, answer? yeah. What's the answer? Uh, well, I want Kai to give her best guess. And it's in 60 minutes? Yeah, number of orgasms in 60 minutes. And we'll say starting from the first one. The Snuggly Dragon fucking podcast. So here we started to experience technical difficulties for some reason. Um, turns out the answer to um, the world record for most female orgasms, over a 100. Um, so Kai stepped in, tried to explain a little bit about um, how the human box, the female box works. You know, there's the G-spot. There's... I can't believe what? I'm talking about this right yeah. now. <laughs> Definitely. Where wrong. is where Definitely is the G spot? You say there's the G spot. Where I'll is the G spot? I'll tell you later, Matt. <laughs> I'm not doing this right now. So what I kind of meant was like, I mean, a dude and dudes can like understand this. You can you can like go your hardest and not, <laughs> not any result. Yeah. Well, like you you can ejaculate like just boom 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 like this, and I feel like sometimes like a girl. I feel like most girls can't just like hop on. And like get their rocks off right away. You kind of need to figure out what they like, yeah. where yeah. their spots are. Yeah. But yeah, like a dude, you don't need to learn anything about a dude. No, no I Just agree with that. A, it's B. a very like rhythmic. You got it. Girls were. Yeah, girls she, were did, she did. She did it. Girls are like sometimes like mentally out of it and like. Can't. Yeah, it's very it's very mental. Um, right for girls, guys. No. <laughs> require foreplay some I have some friends that are like fuck that I'm like okay like must be you know fancy being you um they can they can just go blast off right away yeah with, but do, I, with, I think with that it new people yeah hmm. and these are the people that might break the world record one day no or come a little close um can you go ahead and, and uh I'll write down. Text me. They, these they all have very um, long-term, stable boyfriends, right? And that's now. probably why it's easier. Well, it, I think also as a female, it's a comfort level. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, not just Madison. What did he whisper? I didn't. Dude, 
We'll bleep that out later. Well, I was thinking of. Uh, you know who I was thinking of, and I just got really excited. No, I mean she's hot. Oh, they, huh. they, okay. Yeah. They, they doesn't talk about this stuff with me. Huh? They is very, very shy when it comes to. Bless her. Okay, so finish your story. Uh, these are long-term, these are girls with long-term relationships. Yeah, they has you with comfort. He knows exactly what she wants, where, when, how. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys it are... It becomes like a, you know... It's a routine. routine. yeah. Bless orgasms. All right, well, um, I guess let's conclude the show uh, with just little wise words from each of us. Uh, I'll start with you, John Boy. What do you want to just tell the world? What what message would you like to leave the world with today? It doesn't have to be anything particularly mind breaking or anything. Just like what what do you wish people would know? I'll say that today I learned something very important. That's that you know you could be nervous about being recorded, speaking your mind like this, and I was, and you know I talk to you with a lot of reservations about what things we might talk about and I even asked you for a list of possible topics just so you know I could be prepared and say something interesting and uh, I hope throughout the duration of this podcast you notice me just become more comfortable and speak my mind it's actually extremely cathartic to just be able to speak your mind and to, to be heard not worry about what you're saying the so beer's help yeah yeah just be yourself and yeah. I would encourage everyone to engage in a similar activity. Even if you're not being recorded, just go find a friend, sit around a table and look at each other in the eye and, and speak your heart. Bless that, John. And uh, I, yes, that's like such a huge goal of the podcast is like exactly what you're saying. Hell yeah. I'm glad you learned that, John. Thank you for this opportunity, Maxwell. You'll be you'll be on this obviously many, many times to come. I love you. Love you too, too, what about you? Yeah, well, Talk to follow that one up. You can ask me first. Um, no, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I was really nervous as well, and I was wondering, you know, like I was what sweating. To and I guess I, I didn't really understand, you know, like like it's like, what do you really talk about for an hour? But you sit three friends down. I think you could probably go forever, and some of it's probably really interesting. Some of it's probably not. <laughs> but but uh, no, I think we did a really good job. I'm proud of us. Uh, and for anybody listening. Uh, please just don't clap at the end of movies. <laughs> <laughs> because that's definitely my biggest pet peeve. And uh, it's like, you know, who you're recognizing. And so I think that's my lesson in the world is that there's really no fucking reason to. Uh, if you watch a movie in theater, clap at the end. So, okay. Love it. And, uh, oh, and also thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm guilty. Cheers, guys. Sometimes, I mean, yeah, bless you guys. Sometimes a movie's so powerful, you just want to feel like part of the. You just want to think, and obviously, it's a very fruitless exercise. The director's not going to hear you unless he's in the audience. Oh, beef's got but a bone to pick with you now. No bones. Not not picking any bones. Um, but I can see how that. No, I can't. Why is it annoying? What, just you get you get annoyed because. Because no one can hear the clap. Like the people who deserve the praise don't hear the clap. Like why? So, beef. Yes. Uh, what are your concluding messages? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are we concluding? Um, Please just don't clap. Thank you. We'll do. Okay. We'll cover it next time. For beef, um, just everyone stop being so sensitive and just like 
give out give specific genuine compliments as often as tastefully possible and that concludes this message love you guys bless up six 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 six